Hey there, and welcome to the Wholehearted Life podcast. Now, if you are anything like me, the young professional, I know that you are looking to live a more balanced and wholehearted life. Well, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do that. So let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Wholehearted Glow podcast. My name is Blaze Collette, and I am super excited that you are here with me right now, tuning in and listening to the things that are going on in my life, the things I have to say, and the things that I'm excited to share with you because I believe it is important to make your voice heard. And like I said a few podcasts ago, I wasn't recording for like nine months. And then one of my friends from Instagram stumbled along, stumbled upon my podcast. Um, my Instagram is wholehearted underscore glow. And she was like, keep making your voice heard. So here I am recording. Uh, let me set the scene. So I am on my patio and the sun is rising and it's just beautiful and peaceful. And it is a lovely Saturday morning in Miami. So, you know, life is good. Okay, so lots of fun topics today that I love to speak on. Number one, I just went to therapy last night and we discussed this thing called the Saturn return. Not sure if you've heard of it, but let me just give you kind of like an idea. This is from the website liveabout.com, just like a brief description because it's hard to, I feel like, for me to explain exactly piece by piece okay so here's kind of a short snippet of what happens with your Saturn return so if you're anything like me and you're in your like mid to late 20s I'm 26 so moving towards 30 or even if you're still in the early 20s things are starting to shift and transition so this says the Saturn return is a wake-up call, and this is why so many fear its sobering realities. If you've spent your 20s in a fog, coasting through your youthful charm, it becomes obvious that your foundation is too flimsy for the long haul. When you're young, there seems infinite time to decide what you need to be when you quote-unquote grow up. Well, father time now swoops down as you're nearing 30 to say, you're all grown up now and it's time to pick a path. Sometimes we make life choices before we know who we really are. At the Saturn return, some of these choices are revealed to be out of sync with our true destiny. This is a big deal, since there may be marriages and whole careers up for review. The U.S. Census reports a peak of divorces around age 30 when promises made in the blush of youth don't match our core or the person that we think we are as we approach this turning point. On the other hand, Saturn may bring a faded relationship that leads to a serious commitment with long-term potential. Okay, so I calculated my Saturn return last night in therapy. It was lit. And basically, it's every seven years. Or no, sorry. The Saturn return is only going to happen for me, I think, one or two more times. But... It was pretty interesting to calculate because we did this thing where we like went back a certain amount of years in my life and went to those years and what the significances were. And this year, 2019, is like a huge year for me, which totally makes sense because I feel like a new person. Like, I just feel that everything has transformed for me. I feel like I don't see the world the same as I used to see the world. I feel like my personality is the same, but like my perception is different. I don't know. I just think I'm 
I'm trying to be a good person, which I know sounds bad. Like I know sounds kind of, I don't know, cliche, but I really think before I started down my spiritual path, I was kind of just living from ego of like validation from others, validation from society, validation from my parents, basically other people telling me like, you're doing a good job. Everything you're doing is great. You're awesome, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm trying, I'm really trying not to seek that external validation. But anyways, if you feel like you're in one of those years or one of those sets of months that is a lot of transition and change and challenge, you should calculate your Saturn return because it could have something to do with it. You will need to know what time of day you were born. And then you can just go online and type in, Google Saturn return calculation, and that's how I got mine. So anyways, I'm in my Saturn return until March 23rd, 2020, which is apparently when things will be a little less rocky. And it's not like they're rocky in a bad way. It's just like right now I am along for the ride and I need to need to continue to be along for the ride in a very graceful way and not resist it because that's like one of my biggest challenges is I feel like I resist things I resist change I resist like oh if a negative thought comes I'm like why is that happening why do I feel negative about that certain situation instead of just being like oh okay it's there it's happening whatever it's fine so I'm working on letting go of the resistance because especially with the Saturn return like this is me walking down my true path this is me becoming my true authentic self and it's kind of crazy because like even yesterday I had a nutrition coaching course and I love studying that stuff and like just sitting there I was thinking to myself this is so aligned it's almost trippy like it's so exactly what I feel I was meant to do and called to do is help people with like their nutrition and their fueling and having a positive mindset towards food um it was crazy so yeah Saturn return is a cool thing um also Mercury went direct since we're on our astral insight situation right now so as a lot of people know especially on Instagram it's like very trendy right now to talk about Mercury in retrograde and I feel like people talk about it a lot in general but basically Mercury is no longer in retrograde it is now direct alignment and I follow this really interesting website called Mystic Mama. So it's Mystic and then M-A-M-M-A. And it's basically, they say, just kind of like astral insights and tuning in to what's going on and your body and what's going on in the universe and how that all affects our day-to-day life, right? So I read the most recent blog post on July 20 or July 31st about Mercury going direct. So Mercury in retrograde is typically a time when things feel out of alignment, things are challenging, people are very heated, things are very fueled up and electrically charged with emotion and mercury direct is kind of more of an alignment of everything else so let me just share with you a quote that i like from this particular blog post on mystic mama that maybe can be beneficial to you and it kind of aligns with saturn return so if anyone's saturn returning like me hey oh hey oh um here's our quote okay 
So heal into your higher self through illuminating a side of your personality, which allows you to both power and influence and be clear about who you are and who you are not in your social existence. So I really like this quote because it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today. And what we're talking about today is this idea of ahimsa, and we're going to get into that soon. So basically, ahimsa is respect for all living things and the avoidance of violence towards others. It's about the intent rather than the action itself, and it's an attitude of universal benevolence. So ahimsa is this idea of non-harming, and it is that one simple word is the reason why I have been vegan for a year and three or four months now and have done it before but I wanted to share with you my vegan journey because it has had different intentions over the past let's see I graduated in 2011 from high school so in the past six or seven years anyways let's see triathlon training is going well physically my body feels very very strong but mentally, I'm feeling pretty tired and burnt out. I think because I am getting trained with the triathlon stuff. So all the different sports and everything, which I spoke about in the last podcast. But then I'm also training all of my clients. And I feel like that can be like emotionally, or not like emotionally, but like mentally draining for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't train another person uh, because I do train a lot of clients. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because I feel like sometimes the people, let's say that are like on top or doing a lot or doing the most, like I do have a lot of training clients. That is what I do full time. And that's great. And I'm so grateful for it. And I love it. But it doesn't mean like I don't get tired and it doesn't mean I don't get burnt out sometimes. So I am going on vacation next week. My brother is having his wedding celebration next Thursday through Sunday. So I'm going to be taking off for four or five days and I'm really excited. And then I also have a trip to Guatemala coming up, which is really cool. So lots of fun things. But the triathlon training is great because I do feel that I'm getting stronger every week. It kind of levels up and recalibrates my system. My body feels good. Nothing aches or hurts. And I'm still making time for yoga. I'm still making time for meditation and therapy and CBD oil and all the good shit. But yeah, it's important to listen to your body. I mean, last night I was so exhausted. I went to therapy, which is like emotional boot camp. And then I came home and I literally was taking a little pipette of CBD oil at 8.50 and then I was sleeping by 9. I woke up I think at like 7 and I feel good. That is like 10 hours of solid rest. So thank goodness because I needed it. Yeah, a challenging thing about a lot of training for a sport is like you don't really get a day off technically. So I personally take a day off where I just do like yoga and Pilates and meditation and so I think I'm going to do that tomorrow and then today I'm going to go to SoulCycle this morning after recording. So as discussed before talking about a little bit I want to touch on the topic before we get into Ahimsa the idea of burning out from a job or feeling exhausted from a job because I want to be transparent about this Like I said, just because you're, let's say, a top producing person at your job or you've been working there for a long time or you are very committed and you do love your job, it doesn't mean you don't get tired. Like 
we all get those moments and I struggle with it you know sometimes I'm like there's there's the blaze that's very type a right like I feel like I have kind of an alter ego and my very type a self is just like my normal modern world self right so she's like organized and she loves to be like on point about everything she responds to every email she follows the rules to a t she makes sure that she's doing everything she needs to be doing at work she makes sure like she gets her laundry done i'm gonna stop speaking in the third person uh this is basically me in my day-to-day life right like i get my laundry done i set my alarm i wake up at 5 a.m i work out i hit all of my goals that I set for myself. I hold other people accountable to their goals. Like everything that I do is very like do, 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 type A, type A, type A. Um, But then there's also a very type (laughs) XYZ or undefined piece of me that's like, sometimes I'm just thinking to myself, I just want to leave and go travel the world for a year or, you know, like, go chill in a hut in Hawaii I don't know if anyone ever has like that side of themselves and so then it's funny because like when I travel I channel that part of me where I'm just like so fluid so chill so relaxed like I don't make plans I don't set a calendar I just kind of like totally go with the flow and I love that part of myself so it's just interesting to see the balance because I do feel like in day-to-day life and like the modern world we have to keep some sort of structure some sort of schedule if we want to keep up with like what's happening in modern society but then I don't know there's also this part of me like when I roll down to Costa Rica or I'm like chilling in Thailand where I don't have any plans I'm just like going with the flow I'm like scuba diving through shipwrecks and rock climbing and like eating curry and surfing and just living life so I believe saying that is kind of a testimony to just making sure that no matter how type a and rigid and structured your life gets like you can still enjoy it and I think that's a big challenge that I struggle with is because I'm so focused in my day-to-day I'm like well I'm just gonna push really really hard and then I'm gonna go to Guatemala for five days or like I'm just gonna crank out as much work as possible for two weeks and then I'm gonna peace out and like go visit my family and do nothing But the problem with that that I've realized is like if you don't take time to relax in your day-to-day, your stress levels are going to be a lot higher. So something to think about if you feel like you struggle with that balance, things that have really helped me are creating ritual. Like something for me that I guess isn't a full-on ritual, but it's like I will go to yoga once a week. I will make that happen for myself. I will make sure I'm in bed by nine o'clock on the days that I know I have to get up early. Stuff like that really helps keep me grounded so that when I want to do funner stuff, I'm more able to like go out and enjoy my life or go on a date or, you know, go for an adventure with friends. Like last Saturday, I just had a super fun Saturday with my friend Isabella. We like went to this baby shower and it was in Miami. So like everything here is very extra. So basically at the baby shower, there were literally Brazilian dancers there, which was crazy. And then we just like went back to her house. She invited some of her friends over and we just all kind of hung out, listened to music, danced around. And I had a great time and I was like, I need to be doing this stuff more often, but like I can only do that stuff if I take care of myself and if my self self care is on fleek. So with that being said, that's kind of a way that I avoid that feeling of being very like burnt out is 
I take time off. I take time to sleep. I take time to rest. Like I'm trying not to check my email today. We'll see how it goes. And yes. Okay. The last thing I want to touch on before we get into Ahimsa is called, well, it's a very simple idea that I just feel like I really manifested in the last like six months and it's called owning your favorite color. So if you've been to my Instagram page, which is basically my website, you know that pink is legit my favorite color. Bright pink, light pink, pretty much bright pink and light pink, but mostly bright pink. I'm just looking over at my stuff right now and I see a bright pink Yeti, a bright pink crop top, and a bright pink sports bra. Oh, and then I see shoes with bright pink laces on them. So anyways, pink is like my favorite color and it always has been. I also love blue, but for some reason, I just love pink and I love the fact that I own it and I just wear it all the time. And at my job, I have to wear all black. So anytime I'm not at my job, I'm like, this is an opportunity to wear all pink. So like right now I have this matching set, which if you're not familiar with a matching set, you need to get on this. It's basically just like a crop toppy sports bra that has a matching pair of bottoms to go with it, like leggings. So I have a bright pink matching set right now. And people are always like, oh my God, I love your set. And I'm like, I love you too. I love this set. But yeah, so it's kind of like just stepping into the colors that you love and wearing them without any shame, like if blue is your favorite color, wear as much blue as you want. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm weird and I just wear only one color, but everyone has that favorite color, so feel free to own it. Okay, let's get into Ahimsa. So I want to talk about the past basically six years of me being on this like vegan vegetarian journey, and I feel like sometimes people give veganism a bad rap, like oh, you're just like eating rabbit food or like you're such a hippie, whatever it is. And I just want to let you know that I'm not coming from a space of like wanting to be uppity about veganism. I'm not coming from a space of like wanting to, I don't know, say that I'm better than you because I'm vegan. It's just like I want to share the reason and the intention behind my current like vegan lifestyle and what it's been in the past and what has and hasn't worked for me so that maybe when you're thinking about the food choices that you make, you can think about whether they're working for you or whether they're not working for you and who they're affecting. So in 2011, after I graduated from high school, I actually read this book called Skinny Bitch. Maybe you've heard of it. It's a book about veganism, but the perspective on it really just like... Honestly, kind of messed up my mind for like my vegan path, I think. Not because the book was bad. I mean, the book was a good, very easy read. Talked a lot about the education and the importance of like being vegan and having non-harming mentality, having the non-harming mentality towards animals and towards other life forces. But the whole idea of like being a skinny bitch, like what is that in society? Like no one wants to be a skinny bitch. Like I think at that time though, that's like the mentality that I had created in my head. Like if I'm vegan, I'm going to be skinny. And if I'm skinny, then I'm going to be liked. And if I'm liked, I'm going to have more friends. And I don't think that was very positive for me. So going into freshman year, I was 100% vegan in college. And luckily they had like the vegan options at the dining hall and stuff. But I kind of, like I said, just had this mentality like, oh, well, the only way I could be skinny is if I'm vegan. 
And it's really interesting to look back on now. So like I knew that I didn't want to hurt the animals. I knew that it was better for the environment. I knew that it was like a positive thing, but I think my framework for it wasn't really that great because it was like, I didn't really understand fully like what happens agriculturally when you eat dairy or meat or like what impacts it has on your carbon footprint. I just thought, okay, well, I know that harming animals is bad. And then I also know that I want to be skinny and like look good. So basically I'm just going to not eat animal products for those reasons. So (laughs) that's what I did. And that intention, which I don't even know if I would call it that, but basically I lasted about 10 months. And then I went to Yellowstone National Park when I was working there. That was after freshman year that summer. And there was honestly just no way I could be vegan because I was living in the woods and the access to fresh produce was very little because we had to eat at like the employee dining hall, which was a little bit subpar, so to speak. And so I went vegetarian. And then from there, I was vegetarian for basically another year. So that was good. Um, But I definitely ate a lot of mac and cheese, represent a lot of cheese grits and eggs and stuff like that. But, you know, I was happy doing that. And I, I never really wanted to like eat the animals after I learned about it a little more. And then throughout that time, transitioning from vegan to vegetarian, I definitely did some research and realized it just wasn't something that I wanted to be a part of. Well, fast forward until it was, I believe, 2013. Yep. So a year later, uh, down my vegetarian journey. And let me just tell you, I had been practicing yoga, but I had no idea what this idea of ahimsa was. So pretty interesting to be honest but basically I moved to Argentina because I was studying abroad there and if you know anything about Argentina their number one producing food agriculturally is beef so they love their beef and I'm not gonna lie it's very tasty down there so like beef and potatoes empanadas all of that good stuff extremely popular so I went down there vegetarian. I was like, I'm going to stay vegetarian, like whatever, whatever. (laughs) And then, um, and then my host mom was like, uh, what do you mean you don't eat meat? Like, that's not a thing here. They don't really understand that that's a thing in a place where it's a very meat based society. So I basically started eating all of that type of beef. I probably ate more red meat in the course of July to December. So like six months, (laughs) than honestly I have in the last four years it was crazy but I'm not gonna lie it was good and excuse me I'm not gonna feel guilty about it because it was a part of my life it was a part of like what I did in my human existence so then I got back and I was just kind of like eating meat eating whatever for I want to say another like year and then I went vegan again and let me tell you this the reason I went vegan the second time um because now I'm on my third time is because I was like I want to be skinny I want to be like I looked like freshman year of college okay well freshman year of college I was also prescribed Adderall well not Adderall I think it was Concerta which I can tell you that it's totally legal um I have ADHD so it affects your appetite so that definitely was a big contributor 
But anyways, I was having this mentality of like, okay, I got to get to like where I want to be. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I'm being vegan and like not eating animal products. Okay. Well, I didn't even like mention to you the fact that I, I believe I had like a binge eating problem. You don't really notice it until you look back and you're like, oh my God, that was totally a problem because I would like eat vegan sure but I would buy like chips and salsa or like chips and guacamole and just eat like so many honestly I don't even know how I did it because now I'm like that was such a huge problem but when you're in it you don't really think it's a problem you're like this is fine like I would literally make sure that there were always chips or crackers in the house and if there weren't I would like freak out and like get anxiety so anyways decided I was gonna be vegan again went down that road then I was in Ecuador And I was, like, searching, searching, searching for this, like, thing that was going to make me look the way I wanted to look. And, like, thinking that an external force was going to bring me, like, love with my body, which, fun fact, it does not. So I stumbled upon the Whole30. Who's heard of the Whole30? But, yeah, so basically with the Whole30, that's a meat-eating program. So I was vegan at the time, and I read this book called It Starts With Food, Find Your Food Freedom Forever. So I was like, great, this is, like, the solution that I need. So with the Whole30, let me explain this to you. It's basically 30 days with no processed grains at all, no processed sugar at all, no alcohol at all, no dairy at all, no soy at all, and I want to, oh, no legumes. Okay, so if you're vegan, you know that that actually, like, would never work because you have to eat a lot of those different things in order to sustain yourself healthily as a vegan. So I was like, oh my God, like, I, I read this book and all these people were finding all these crazy results, and I was like, this is what I need. So I decided I was gonna do the whole 30. So I was like, literally in Ecuador, like, not eating meat, not eating meat. And then I was with my ex boyfriend, and like, one day he was like eating his arepa, which has, I think it was like a beef arepa, and we were in this little like cafe in Quito. And I was like, I want some of your, <laughs> I want some of your arepa. And he's like, are you serious? And I was like, yes. And so I ate it and it was obviously amazing because I do like the taste of meat, even though I don't need it. And then I just was like down on my paleo path for another year or so. And yeah, like it was just a lot of meal prep of meat. And I don't know, at a certain point, it was just kind of starting to gross me out, like all the raw chicken and like raw beef and like raw pork loin, like now I'm just super disgusted by it. But again, I was like looking for that solution of that thing that was going to make me look like the best or like help me lose the weight. And I was like weighing myself every week and like, I don't know, just kind of being crazy about it and thinking that the paleo lifestyle was the only lifestyle. And then like my friends that would eat like granola or like Ezekiel bread, which are things that I eat now, or I'm trying to think of other stuff like brown rice. I'd be like, oh my God, they're eating processed grains. Processed grains are so bad for you, blah, 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 blah. And I just don't think that was the right perspective because I was kind of on this like good or bad thing. Like what I'm doing is good and what you're doing is bad. Therefore there's good and there's bad, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't think that that's really good for anyone because it creates a duality in the mind of like, this is a good thing and this is a bad thing. Whereas it's like, why can't we just like enjoy the things that we want to enjoy without having to categorize them? So yeah, I was on my paleo thing. And then after I had moved from Montana to Miami, I was still paleo. 
and I was nannying at the time and I just started reading this book on Ayurveda and Ayurveda if you don't know is basically the ancient 5,000 year old holistic medicinal system of the Indian people in India and it basically is this idea of eating according to your mind body type which everyone's is a little bit different it's very complex but basically learning to balance the elements within you and what's dominant what are dominant elements for you and less dominant elements for you and then being able to balance that through like what you're eating and how you're sleeping and how you're resting and what you're drinking and the herbs that you're taking and all that so I started reading this book on Ayurveda and that is where I learned about this idea of ahimsa and this one quote always stuck with me from the book and if you see on my Instagram I have this one little highlight called vibe high and this is the very first thing you would see if you were to click on that so basically This is the idea and this is the reason that I've been vegan for so long for such a different intention. How can we sincerely engage in spiritual actions if we are engaged in actions that are violent, destructive, deceptive, or manipulative? So I think that's really such a driving factor for me, this idea of like ahimsa, which we spoke about, which is just non-harming and benevolence towards others. And as I was reading the book, one of the things it said is like, it creates a good karma for you if you believe in karma, which is action and reaction. Everything we do causes a reaction. So like they, the book basically said, I'm trying to paraphrase that if let's say you're a vegan or like you believe in non-harming and you walk down the street and you see a dog, a lot of times that dog can have like a very high affinity towards you because they basically believe or in this school of thought and I believe it as well or I wouldn't be talking about it that that dog subconsciously knows that you would not harm it because you are not harming anyone else and that is like something you're trying to do so it's like the quote was I the the dog my the dog may say to themselves I see you brother I know you wouldn't hurt me I got the message like the karmic message that what you're doing is trying to create this positive vibration in the world which doesn't involve hurting other people or other sentient beings so when I heard that first quote about how can we engage in sincerely in spiritual actions because I began down my spiritual path of like meditating and not being like I'm an atheist anymore because I'm definitely not and believing in God and believing in the universe and believing in timing and alignment and shifts and mercury and all that crazy shit. So as I kind of walked down that path and read that book, I was like, I just really don't think I can begin or continue on this path of understanding myself in the greater context of the universe if I don't truly stomp down and think about what I'm ingesting like I cannot be ingesting the harm and the pain of other animals that had to go through that just so that I could get what a lot of protein which I can get from plants anyway so that is how I arrived at this idea of really trying to live with ahimsa and that universal benevolence so It's important to think about this in a broader context. Like, yes, this propelled my vegan journey and I'm going to continue to speak about that. But it also like really kind of fueled me to shift my mindset of like, I'm not going to talk badly about other people. I'm not going to have harsh words and 
that's been really hard for me because I think in our normal day-to-day society, it's easy to like look down on people and judge them and be like, well, they're not doing what I'm doing, so fuck them. But it's harder but more rewarding to just truly try to see the good in people. And when I compliment someone, I try to be as genuine as possible because like, I don't know, I don't want to be the person that's like just... (laughs) a bitch like I'm not trying to be that person anymore I was that person for a long time and that's not me and having that universal trust and benevolence of the universe that like everything is okay and everything is going to be good and like everything that you need in your life is going to come to you that all is interrelated through this idea of just non-harming because it clears that out like it I feel like being vegan just kind of like clears out my mind it clears out my subconscious it clears out my like feeling of guilt if I was hurting other people animals it clears out my body I always feel amazing I rarely get sick of course knock on wood and I don't know it's really just clarified a lot of things for me and so because of that intention because I began down this journey of like understanding what Ayurveda is and then understanding the importance of nonviolence, which is one of the eight limbs of yoga as well if you do study yoga it's just propelled everything so much easier in my life in regards to veganism because now I don't think of it as like well I have to be skinny I have to look a certain way that's why I'm vegan like no it has nothing to do with the way I look and everything to do with the ideas or the morals that I'm trying to support in my life like what is what does Gandhi say like make your life your message my life is my message so if I'm trying to genuinely help other people I don't feel that I can totally do that for me personally if I'm hurting others right so even though they're animals it's important to have a voice I believe for animals that don't have a voice and that's I don't know it's just it's important to me and it's something that I'm going to stand by and I'm going to stay loyal to even when, you know, people give me shit for it. So if it's a weekend and like I get a salad at a restaurant and they accidentally put cheese on it, like whatever, I'll eat the cheese. Like I'm not going to be a psycho vegan. And I also don't like to like preach my veganism to people because I don't want to be annoying about it. But you know, this is the pod and it's definitely something that a lot of people do, but I wanted to share my intention because of my intention I was able to really shift my life and shift my approach towards veganism. And now I don't see it as like me being trapped in this vegan cage. Like before I'd be like, well, I'm vegan. Like, oh, that must be, tastes too good. It's not vegan. Or I'm going to try to do this for as long as possible. I told myself this time, I was like, I can commit to Ahimsa for a year. And I've done a year and three months now. And honestly, I don't feel like I want to stop any time because of the path that I'm on and just how much my life has really shifted and changed and evolved over time I want to stay this path as much as possible and just circling back to this idea of like your body and like wanting to look a certain way because I don't have that intention it's crazy like I let go of like I'm gonna do this because I want to look a certain way or even just in my exercise I stopped like trying to fit a personal a specific physique I stopped trying to look a certain way and I just became my own body and I just became my own composition and I love my body so much and I love all it does for me and I feel like I look great I'm way less body fat percent than I used to be I have a bunch of muscle I'm strong as an ox I'm training for triathlon I feel like a machine I feel like I could go for hours and hours and hours and hours 
And none of that was fueled by, I want to look a certain way. No, it was fueled by, I want to truly love myself. I want to truly enter this world and walk in this world in a way that's not going to hurt other people. And that doesn't mean it's easy. It's still hard. I'm definitely still challenged, but I wanted to share that with you. So that is my story on Ahimsa. And I hope that this little journey found maybe there's one or two nuggets for you that were beneficial and that is all I have for you today but just remember like you can walk the path that you know you need to walk and other people might not understand it I understand that other people might not get why I'm vegan or why I don't eat any animal products at all But I understand it and I understand my intention and that intention allows me to be in the world and and to offer myself from a place of grace and that is where I'm at. So I hope you enjoy your rest of your day and just remember that the glow comes from within. Okay, love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Wholehearted Life podcast. I hope you really enjoyed today's content and I will be sharing more and more with you as the weeks go on. If you liked what you listened to today, please consider writing me a review and rating this podcast. I would totally appreciate it. Maybe just a few sentences telling everyone what you liked about the show. And if you are looking for more on Wholehearted Life, things, moments, inspiration, you know where to find me on those social media handles. So just go on over to wholehearted underscore underscore life on Instagram. If you are interested in Snapchat, where I post exclusive content only to Snapchat that you will not see anywhere else, and we get a more personal interaction, you can find me at Blazer Trail. That is B-L-A-I-S-E-R-T-R-A-I-L. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you next time on The Wholehearted Life.